The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. Welcome to Connection Church this morning. We're going to hit the ground running because God has a lot of things that he wants to say to many of you today. I want to just start off by saying, man, I want to thank you for taking time out of your weekend. We don't take this for granted that you come to church on Sunday morning. We know that it is very difficult to get out of bed, to get yourself ready, to get your children ready. We know, and so we want to say thank you so much for making it a priority to be here worshiping Jesus. I was here this morning, and it was about 8 o'clock that I was walking right here, and I was getting ready to turn the corner, and God's Holy Spirit came upon me, and I felt his presence, and I walked back to the board back there, and I, I told someone, I don't remember who it was, and I said, God just showed up in this place. So God is here this morning. You are here for him and him only. Listen, that was just a benefit right there. That was just some amazing worship that you get on top of worshiping God's son Jesus here this morning. So one one thing that I want to be clear this morning is that we're here for Jesus, and we're here for Jesus only. Amen, church? We're here worshiping him. Listen, we've got a wonderful day lined up. Man, we're here. We've got uh, a phenomenal opportunity to give. I've heard some amazing stories again this week. We're going to give you at the end of this service today an opportunity to be obedient, what God's laid on your heart. Uh, I saw somebody brought their tractor. I guess they're giving that to the building offering. I guess that's where that's going. I'm actually taking that home. Um, so anyway, but yeah, we're going to have an opportunity for you to act on your obedience today. Uh, you see that envelope that's in your little seat beside of you. We're going to talk about this in just a minute. But man, listen, after this week shuts down, we start our Easter series. Can you believe that it's Easter already? Can you believe that? Next week is daylight savings time, so spring forward, Okay. Spring forward. So what happens is the people who get here at 6 a.m., I'm glad it's not my Sunday to set up. You're actually going to be getting up, I think, at 5 a.m., B Hills team, holla back. Uh, So, man, spring forward next week. But anyway, Easter series kicks off next Sunday. It's called Relentless, as you don't see. There you go. Listen, they're on it. Relentless because we are passionately pursuing people. Right? You've heard that before here at Connection Church. It's a six-week series that's going to lead up to our Easter drop, April 19th. And then the following Sunday, that next day is Easter Sunday morning. It is going to be amazing. Did you know that Easter time is a wonderful time to invite your friends to church? We have sat around in our office and thought about saying to you guys, because right now we're only running two services and we don't know where we're going to put all of your friends if you keep inviting them. We've thought about saying this to you guys. Hey, listen, do not talk, do not invite, do not tweet, do not put anything on Facebook. When you leave this church this morning, do not say anything about what God is doing in this place because we don't have room for anyone else to come, okay? Now, how stupid would that be, right? We will make room for you, okay? We may knock some poles down. I would love in the name of Jesus for this pole to be gone. (laughs) We will make room because we have people who are much smarter than myself, like Pastor Bradley, who will find a way to get your friends here so that they can hear about Jesus and what he's doing and what he can do in their life. So Easter is a wonderful time to do that. Guys, we're going to be talking about your money again today. Today closes this series. Some of you are like, finally, yeah. 
We're going to close this series down talking about money. You've heard the preacher talking about money for two weeks now. We're going to hit it for one more week today. But instead of me talking a little bit here, man, you know, I know what real life looks like. And I know that we're sitting here in this room today and we're just real people. And so what I want to do this morning before we go any further is I just want you to take a look at the screen and I want you just to listen to what some real people have to say about money. We began to struggle. We would do any, everything else that was on the to-do list financially and then we would look to see was there money left over for tithe. And then there became bills to pay and things I wanted to do with the other money after I tithed and so that tithing became harder. One paycheck we might tithe and the next one we wouldn't and eventually it just didn't become important. Giving wasn't a big deal to us. It really wasn't until about a year ago at Connection Church to where uh, God started to, to speak to us and we began to be convicted of uh, not taking this challenge scripturally uh, and, and seriously. We decided that every time we got a paycheck, every time we got any type of money, a tax return, whatever, that we were gonna give from the first fruits of that. The first 10% goes to that. And, and I'm a proponent, I think that we ought to give more than that when we're challenged and when we can and, and we ought to. But at least we're going to drive a stake down. We're going to give 10%. Humanly, a lot of times we looked at it and we said, we can't afford to do that. If we give 10%, we can't make it through the month. The funny thing about when we starting to do this is within 30 days of us deciding to do this, I lost my job that I'd had for, for eight years. Uh, and it changes, that again changes the landscape of, of giving. But we had driven a stake down, we just decided, and it's not because we're all spiritual and we're not, we're not great at this. I, I'm in my 50s, I'm not going to say what Cindy's in, but I'm in my 50s and, and, and I'm just now learning this lesson. How bad is that? But I'm, I'm going to do it from here on out. Um, two weeks ago, um, I looked at what we owed in tithe, what we were supposed to give as far as the first fruits of what we had received. And I noticed that if we gave what we were supposed to give, it took the checking account down to pretty much zero. Um, and that was hard. And I didn't feel joyful. I didn't feel spiritual. And I fought with it. And I, I think I called Cindy on the phone. I said, hey, uh, this is the situation. If we give our tithe, we're down to zip. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give. That's, that's the right thing to do, right? And she, she says... Absolutely, it's the right thing. And it was easy to say, yes, it's the right thing, because I know it in my head, it's very hard for me to actually write the check and send the money out of my checking account. So I didn't write the check, because I knew if I fooled around with a checkbook and did some more figuring in my head, I'd be tempted not to. I went online to our Connection uh, website and just went on and gave it electronically so I couldn't pull it back. I couldn't say, whoops, no, I'm not going to do it, or I'll put the check in my pocket and wait for three or four days to do it at church. Uh, I didn't want to face that temptation. I wanted to get it done. I wanted to, to make it happen so I couldn't pull back and I couldn't um, negate on the promise that I had made God. Within an hour, within 60 minutes, a check was delivered here to my house, to our house, 
for the amount that we had tithed within $20 of that tithe amount. But you know what? Even before we got that uh, blessing, I was at peace. We were at peace because we knew we'd done the right thing. We'd given the amount that we were supposed to give, that God had called us to give, and we were okay with the consequences. Regardless of what those financial consequences were, we had given to the person who has a, you know, cows on a thousand hills and however that scripture goes. I'm not even really good at that, but God um, blessed us through that and we trust that he will continue to. I guess the last thing I wanna, wanna say about Malachi 3.10, bring your uh, gifts into the storehouse and they'll overflow. What would that look like if everybody at Connection Church would take that seriously and take that challenge and test God to give 10% of their first fruits. Um, all the ministries that our pastors are working hard to fulfill there, all of the outreach endeavors we're doing, all the people that we're reaching out to help, and all those kinds of things would be completely funded and we have money in addition to that to reach out to the community to make a difference. So I just I just hope and pray that, that maybe we can take that challenge seriously and test the Lord with this promise. You see, that's, that's not preacher talk. That is a real person who sits in this audience every Sunday morning. You see, I know where some of you sit today, and I know where some of you are, because some of you today are just like my wife and I. Some of you today, for the very first time, are giving, and you feel it. Some of you are giving, and today you're going to miss what you give when that offering plate passes. Listen, I know. Because you're sitting here and you're looking at this offering envelope and, and you read it and it says, this week I gladly give. And some of you don't gladly give. We're still going to take it, okay? You go home and pray about that. But you're sitting there and you say, I, I understand this. I see it. But I don't know how this is going to be possible. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I know what God desires, but I'm not sure I have what he has. Can I just say, and just be very honest with you, can I tell you that I lay awake at night sometimes too? Not, not about my tithe and my offering. Listen, God and I have done that wrestling. I've dealt with that. He's asked me to do more, and I've done it, sometimes reluctantly, but I've done that. I've overcome that hurdle, and you will too. But can I tell you that sometimes I lay up in, at night, and I lay there awake, and I wonder and even doubt, God, how are we going to move this thing into the future? That keeps me awake at night. You see, I know the scriptures, and I know how they go, because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know the scripture, but I still lay awake at night wondering how are we going to do this thing? How are we going to move this thing into the future? And so the answer that I'm going to give you today, because I don't like giving answers, I like asking questions, but today I'm going to give you an answer. 
The answer that I'm going to give you is the same answer for our church moving this thing into the future. There's three words that if you take notes, if you write things down, that I would love for you to write these things down. Because what we're going to have to do as a church is the exact same thing that you and your family are going to have to do if you're ever going to get this giving of a tithe and then an offering thing. If you're ever going to get it, you're going to have to get this this morning. And so the answer for you is the exact same answer for our church. You see, guys, we're going to have to create a lifestyle of complete obedience. That's the first word. Actually, that's two. Complete obedience. We're going to have to create a lifestyle of complete obedience. When God says move, we move. When He says stay, we stay. When He says give, we give. Complete obedience is a part of our lifestyle. You see, we're going to also have to create a lifestyle of generosity. We're going to have to create a lifestyle of giving. There's our answer. You see, it just has to become a part of our life. That's how we're going to do this thing. That is how you and your family are going to get this tithe and offering thing down pat. That's how this church is going to move into the future. That's how. But I like to answer the question, why better? I heard a guy just this past last week in Atlanta say this, if you find your why, then you find your way. And so here's why I believe we have to create a lifestyle. Actually, I'm going to give you the definition of culture here in a second. I believe at Connection Church, we must create a culture of complete obedience and generosity and giving if we're ever going to move this thing into the future. But why do we need this culture and lifestyle? And it is this. Because the day and age that we live in, yes, even in the Christian realm, the Christian church has become known for gathering and for keeping and for seeing how much we can keep to ourselves. The church has become known for seeing how much we can build and how much we can gain. But today I want to tell you that we're going to start a culture we're going to create a lifestyle for us where we don't see how much we can create and keep for ourselves, but we're going to start seeing how much we can give away and for how generous we can be because that's going to be in our lifestyle. That's why we cannot be about what's taking place here inside this church. And if we're greedy... And if we're prideful, and if we're all about us, then we might as well shut this thing down today and never return another Sunday. Because I don't want any part of it. And I would hope none of you would want any part of it as well. You see, 
I wrote down what the definition of culture is. You see, culture is defined like this. It is a set of attitudes. It's a set of behaviors that are characteristic of a group or an organization. That's us. And we're going to have the attitude and the characteristic of generous giving and radically obedient people. Because here's what I know. I've been in the church for several years. Is I know that right now giving a tithe and an offering, this generosity thing, it's a hot topic in our church right now. It just is. Let's just face the facts. When we talk about something, I hope it's a hot topic. But what I also know in the church world is that when we stop talking about it every Sunday, then it just sort of starts to fade in the background. But I don't want giving and generosity and complete obedience to be just a flash in the pan. No husbands and wives. I want you to continue to have those conversations at your table after your children have gone to bed. How much, honey, are we going to give to God? What are we going to go sell so we can give God more? Which account are we going to empty to give to God? I want those conversations to continue to happen. I don't want it to be a flash in the pan. And when it is a part of our culture, and when it's a part of our DNA, and when it is our lifestyle, that continues to happen on a daily basis. You see, another reason those type of things just fade into the background is this. It's because we're not going to talk about your money every single Sunday. No, I want this church, I want you, we're just not going to do it. I want us to still to be a generous church. You see, I know that sometimes people stop giving because we don't talk about it all the time. Listen, you're not going to get thanked for your generosity. I know this about generous people. Sometimes they don't even want to be thanked for their generosity. Some people in here, listen, I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now. For my other staff members, because I don't ever know what you give. You're not going to get thanked for what you give. And your money is not going to be spent the way you think it should be spent. Because remember back to week one, it's not your money in the first place. You see, when we're giving our money... So that we feel good. So that we feel good about ourselves. When we drop money in the offering plate so we feel good, it becomes just a flash in the pan. Because unexpected bills come up. Did you hear Daryl? When he drove the stake in the ground right after that, he lost his job. But that did not change his heart. He continued to give.
I'm not going to stand up here this morning and beat a dead horse. I'm just not. Because what I'm getting ready to tell you this morning has nothing to do with your money. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. You see, Jesus is talking here in Luke chapter 9. He says in verse 23, Jesus said to them all, Luke 9, 23, He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. Verse 25, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world? What good is it if we save all of this and we gather up, church, and our black numbers just go up? And our profit and loss statement looks so good. Listen, not only do we raise $4 million, but we raise $8 million. You see, what good is it? If we build the greatest church in Davidson County, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his very self? See, church, this has nothing to do with our money. This has everything to do with what God has called us to do. And we just happen to be doing it in a school cafeteria. And no sanctuary, no sound system, no lights, no stage, no nothing is going to change what we're doing. Because this is not about money. This is being, it's all about being completely obedient to Jesus. It's about being unbelievably generous And it is about giving until we cannot give any more. You see, that has to become our lifestyle, church. It has to be about our culture. And we cannot do this thing if we just want to go through the motions. If we just are happy scratching the surface if we're just interested in playing church and saying that we are a part of Connection Church, listen, if that's all you're interested in, can I say this as humbly and as nicely as I can possibly say this? If you just want to go through the motions, and if you just need a place to call home, Man, you're more than welcome here. You are. 
But we're going to start a third service here in the very near future. And I need you, if you're just wanting to come to this church to see us and to hang out with your friends, and you're just needing a place to call your home church, listen, I need you to find the most inconvenient, less, most least attended church service that we offer, and I need you to come to it. Okay? Because we're going to have so many people who do not know Jesus needing to come to the most attended services. If you're just interested in going through the motions, it's probably going to be the earliest service. I need you just to come and fill those chairs. We still want you to come because I believe Jesus one of these days will radically change your life. Because I don't believe you can continually hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be in his presence and stay the same. I just don't believe you can do that. Because one of these days you're going to hear a scripture like Luke 9 where Jesus says that you must deny yourself and one day the Holy Spirit and you are going to collide and you're going to get it and you're going to say, man, I've missed it for all these years. God hears everything. You can have it. And so I'm not going to tell you to leave our church. No. I want everybody here. But I just need you to come to the least attended service so we can make more room for those lost people coming in. Is that okay? I'll probably get critiqued about that one on Tuesday, but that's all right. Listen, do I have any extreme shoppers in here, extreme couponers? Anybody? Any extreme couponers? It's okay. Raise your hand if you are. I won't judge you. We're in church. Do I not have any extreme couponers in here? Y'all have all tried it. Who's tried it? You did. You tried it and said, no way. You tried it? Thank you for being humble and honest. Who else tried it? Raise your hand high. Don't, don't raise them. Don't leave them. Leave them up. I want to see you. Who else over here? You tried it, man? Oh, you men. Wait a minute. Your wives trust you to go shopping? My wife would never trust me. Listen, hey, Daisha and I went out the other day, so if you've done this, you know that Harris Teeter, Harris Teeter they have this like triple-double coupon, triple-double super nacho libre saving thing, right? You know that, right? You know that, don't you? Milk was like, they were giving it away, it seemed like. So Daisha and I, you like... Daisha and I went on this hot date the other night, triple-double coupon stamps, can't triple stamp a double stamp, um, over to Harris Teeter. And, uh, and, and so we, she had all her coupons with her. She did. She had her little thing of coupons. And so we went and we got her stuff. And, you know, I, we were heading to the checkout line, and I'm thinking, hey, you know what, they're going to give us these, they're going to give us all these groceries because I've seen on TV, right? I've seen it on TV. You have your coupons, you have your bags full of, you know, of food and all this, and they give you the groceries after you hand them your coupons. I mean, that's what they do on TV, right? Take a look at this video. Think you've seen some supersized savings? Free. 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 All of it for free. Well, you haven't seen anything yet. We've been shopping about six hours total, but we're still going strong. Because in the next half hour, you'll meet two couponers going for record-breaking hauls. Just ask them if they have, like, about 400 more. A gymnastics coach who won't sleep until she's landed every last deal. I was up all night worrying about this. And the model coupons for more than her family of nine could ever consume. I'm pushing the toilet paper on me. They think moms went off the deep end. 
See what happens when a couponer literally shops until she drops. My feet are hurting so bad. And the checkout that will have everybody talking. I didn't think I could do it. A new standard is about to be set right now on Extreme Couponing. Hello. Thank you, Jesus. Your grand total before coupons is going to be $484.06. Okay. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Daisha and I go to the checkout line with only one cart and ring up a hundred and forty some dollars worth of groceries. So we give her our coupons and and she says it's gonna be ninety-eight dollars. And I said, What? I said, scan those coupons again. But my wife's over there doing a little jiggy dance. She's excited because we saved forty dollars. And I'm like, where's the 13 cents thing? But listen, 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 this is important. Couponing, obviously, is none of our lifestyles. It's not mine. It's not my wife's. Couponing is not our way of life. And so we do not get to reap the benefits of it, right? It just makes sense, doesn't it? Did you hear that? Her feet hurt. She stayed up all night. They work hard at that. I think we Christians, Christians in the room, listen, we have the same mindset when it comes to this generosity and this obedience and this giving thing with God. You know, we only want to go halfway with God. We want to give the bare minimum. We just want to scratch the surface and play the game and check church off our to-do list. But we expect the same. We expect all of the peace and all of the provision, we expect all of the rewards, and we expect God to blow our minds, but we're only willing to go just a little bit. It just doesn't make sense, does it? But what would happen, church? What would happen, church? What would happen if we all started to get it? What if if radical obedience and generosity and what if this giving thing became a part of our culture? Can you imagine what would happen to this community? Can you imagine what is going to happen in this community when thousands of people start trying to outgive God? Can you imagine? You see, I believe today is a day that we are going to look back on and remember for a long time. Because I believe today is going to mark just the beginning of what can happen when people obey God. And when they give until it hurts. And when they truly believe in the benefits of being generous.